listeners, and welcome to Monsters Advocate. Monsters Advocate is a bi-weekly podcast focused around the unsung heroes of myths and legends, the monsters. We'll take a look at some monster-centric myths and legends, some not-so-ancient cryptids, and everything in between, and try to sort out possible origin species, biological impetus for why they do what they do, and why we love to hear about them. Quick disclaimer, this episode contains some discussion of biologically accurate anatomy. Descriptions are scientific and not graphic, but please be advised there is a brief mention of animal genitalia, as it is relevant to the topic. If you're cool with that, listen on. The days are getting shorter. The nights are getting colder. The leaves are changing color. And for everyone in the Northern Hemisphere, fall is officially here. Time for cozy sweaters, pumpkin spice lattes, and the thinning of the veil that divides our world from the spirit world. Fall is a season that blends the best of two seasons, the light of summer and the cool of winter. So, to celebrate the coming of the in-between season, let's learn about some cat dogs that have made a home in the in-between, living between unjustified rumors and unsettling truths. One of the most successful, but least acknowledged members of the order Carnivora, the spotted hyena. The spotted hyena as a species has existed since the Pliocene era, and is thought to have originated in Asia around the same time the first rattlesnakes appeared. From Asia, the species migrated to Europe, existing there for about one million years alongside saber-toothed cats and stegodons before finally migrating to sub-Sahara Africa, its now native range. Spotted hyenas are the only members of the genus Crocutta, and unlike their appearance suggests, they are not dog or dog adjacents but instead belong to the suborder Filiforma, which includes such species as lions, jaguars, mongooses, civets, and the common house cat. The reason hyenas resemble dogs so closely is that they are essentially an evolutionary attempt of a cat to fill an ecological niche normally belonging to dogs. The spotted hyena belongs to the bone-crushing type of hyena, and they are similar to canines in that their primary method of prey capture is running rather than ambush, they can't climb trees, and they have large, blunt, non-retractable claws, which help them make sharper turns while running. Somewhat rare among mammals is that spotted hyena females are larger than spotted hyena males, with the average spotted hyena female weighing around 153 pounds, or 69.2 kilograms, and the average male hyena weighing around 149 pounds, or 67.6 kilograms. Adult spotted hyenas are much bigger than you'd expect, too, reaching at the extreme 165.8 centimeters, or 5.4 feet long, and 91.5 centimeters, or 3 feet tall at the shoulder, which I've always found is a weird way to measure animal height, because the animal doesn't stop there, so truthfully, they're even taller than that. Interestingly, unlike most filiforms, with the exception of lions, spotted hyenas are social animals that live in large groups called clans that can have up to 80 individuals. Hyena societies are more socially complex than wolf packs, and their ability to cooperatively problem-solve is on par with chimpanzees, one of our closest primate relatives. Spotted hyena clans are fission-fusion societies, which means that unlike wild dogs, hyenas are perpetually looking out for number one. They may work together in groups to bring down prey, 
and share communal dens, but the nature of their relationships with other clan members is more competitive than sympatric. Think like a group of varsity athletes. Members of the same clan will compete with each other over food resources by consuming food as quickly as possible, and some individuals have even been observed practicing deception, such as making false alarm calls to outcompete stronger or higher-ranked clan members. Spotted hyena females will only raise their own cubs, and males take no part in raising offspring. Which is not to say that no hierarchy exists. Spotted hyenas are matriarchal and nepotistic. Even the lowest-ranking female cubs outrank the highest-ranking male adults, and rank in hyena society is passed from mother to daughter. This hierarchy is strongly enforced when the highest-ranking females are present, but interestingly, lower-ranking adults may act aggressively toward higher-ranking cubs when dominant adult females are absent. Despite their competitive and highly dominance-driven nature, though, spotted hyenas do recognize their relationships with other members of their clan, with cubs being able to recognize an adult as obscurely related as a great-aunt, and female hyena cubs acting less aggressively toward their own fathers, despite their lower rank. Now, spotted hyenas, like weasels, have a lot of stereotypes associated with them. Throughout the many different African countries that make up their range, the reputation of the spotted hyena is highly ambivalent. It is sly, brutish, ugly, which, rude, they symbolize excess and unclean thoughts, sexual deviance. They steal babies and eat corpses and are associated with witches. And sometimes, sometimes they turn into people. In Tabwa mythology, the spotted hyena is the animal that first brought the light of the sun to earth. In Ethiopia, hyenas are associated with mystical practices, such as fortune telling, and in some parts are even believed to keep demons at bay. Meru folklore links spotted hyenas to the origin of human mortality, saying that the hyenas loved eating corpses so much that when the supreme god Morungu sent a messenger to tell humanity that they would be reborn after death, the hyena prevented the messenger from ever delivering the good news, afraid that humans being reborn might mean less corpses. Now, this particular story might seem like anti-hyena propaganda, but... Actually, it's not far off. Though spotted hyenas primarily hunt wild game, they have also been known to readily feed on human corpses. This is not as frightening as it sounds. In the tradition of the Maasai and the Hadza peoples, the deceased are actually left out in the open, with the express intention that they will be eaten by hyenas. If a corpse is left untouched by hyenas, it is considered to have something wrong with it which can lead to social disgrace for both the deceased and the deceased relatives. So for this reason, corpses are usually covered in the blood and fat of an ox. You know, just to be safe. In several cultures, spotted hyenas are associated with hermaphrodites. And while in many cultures this has a negative connotation, in Malai, the Kore cult of the Bambara people, hyenas are seen as an ideal in-between, particularly in the domain of rituals. In some rituals, a neophyte dons a hyena mask to incorporate his masculine ideals with femininity, thus becoming a complete moral being in the eyes of the Kore. This association with hermaphrodites is no accident, and part of the reason is that it is actually somewhat hard to tell female and male spotted hyenas apart just by looking at them, 
because the animal kingdom does not care about humanity's fixation on a non-existent gender binary and what that should entail. Spotted hyenas are the only mammal species in which the female does not have an external vaginal opening, but rather a sexual organ that evolved from a modified clitoris, called a pseudopenis. This organ looks markedly similar to male genitalia, and the female uses it for everything from urinating to giving birth, which led to the erroneous conclusion that all spotted hyenas were hermaphroditic. Now, I know you're dying to hear about the werehyenas, and don't worry, I aim to deliver. Werehyena folklore can be found in North Africa, the Horn of Africa, and scattered throughout the continent wherever spotted hyenas live alongside humans. There are several types of werehyena, from humans that can turn into full hyenas, a hyena-human hybrid that becomes human during the day, to a creature that has the face of an attractive man on one side of its head and the face of a hyena on the other. Unlike the European werewolf though, the werehyena doesn't have to start out life as a human, but can instead be a hyena that disguises itself as a human during the day. Not unlike the Japanese kitsune. First, let's go over the creature with the human face on one side of its head and the hyena face on the other side of its head. Unlike other werehyenas, the kishi is not really a human or a hyena, but a demon. Like the kelpie, their human face is that of an attractive young man. So the kishi can often be found chatting up young women, using their good looks and demonically smooth talk to lure women away with them. Then, Presumably when the pair have found a nice, quiet spot away from prying eyes, the kishi turns its head around and eats its hapless victim with its hyena face. Now, while having just the face of a hyena and nothing else might seem like an inadequate way to efficiently consume prey, spotted hyenas have some of the strongest jaws of any mammal, capable of exerting around a thousand newtons of pressure. And a single hyena can consume a baby gazelle in less than two minutes. So rest assured, the kishi is a perfect hunting machine as is. I'd imagine the most difficult part of a kishi's day is not victim consumption, but rather shopping for hoodies that fit, or turbans that don't make your hyena face sneeze. Next up is the kaftar, which is the most similar to a werewolf in that during the day it appears human, but at night it succumbs to its sickness and becomes a half-human, half-hyena, bloodthirsty monster. It prefers to prey on lovers and children, but doesn't seem to be above just wreaking general havoc on whoever is around. Kaftars are the easiest to tell from a normal human, as in their human form, they are especially good at woodcutting, blacksmithing, or interestingly, healing, and they often have physical traits such as being especially hairy, having red eyes, or having a nasally voice. The last type of werehyena is the Buddha, which can either be a hyena that disguises itself as a human, or a human that can become a full hyena at will. This type of werehyena can be found in Sudan, Tanzania, Morocco, and the Lake Chad region, but is most commonly found in Ethiopia. In Ethiopia, it is a traditional belief that every blacksmith is really a Buddha, and partially because this trade is hereditary, and partially because blacksmithing was a common traditional occupation of Ethiopian Jews, blacksmiths and all of their relatives are often held in suspicion by their communities, and may be excluded from Christian sacraments. 
and or accused of unearthing and consuming Christian corpses when they turn into hyenas at night. These are, of course, wild and prejudiced accusations. But there is some evidence that suggests at least some of these Buddha blacksmiths may help propagate this reputation to protect their trade secrets. In 1814, a man named William Coffin visited Gondar, Ethiopia, and studied the blacksmiths he found there. He wrote the following about them. These Buddhas, or workers in iron and pottery, are distinguished, it appears, from other classes by a peculiar gold earring, which is worn by the whole race, and which kind of ring, Mr. Coffin declares, he has frequently seen in the ears of hyenas that have been shot in traps, or speared by himself and others. But in what manner these ornaments come to be placed in so singular a situation, Mr. Coffin, who has taken considerable pains to investigate the subject, has never been able to obtain the slightest clue to discover. Now, obviously, the account of a white 1800s explorer in Africa, who refers to himself in the third person, is to be taken with a grain of salt. But it's not outside the realm of possibility that if you did want to convince people you could turn into hyena, a good way to go about it might be to trap hyenas and put earrings on them. I found one last anecdote on Buddhas that was just too good to pass up. It goes as follows. The following story was declared to be true by more than 15 persons of Adawa. A hyena was shot in the leg near the river Assem, and in endeavoring to get off, made toward the church Kudus Michael. Several hyenas were seen in its company when shot, and the people, running after it with spears, came across five Buddhas, carrying a lame person. Some of the followers were afraid, but among them there were some gunners who insisted upon seeing the person and ascertaining whether they might not have killed him. As it was dark, they took them to the first house, and by candlelight found a fresh wound in the man's leg, the blood still running. The Buddhas were all naked, but no one dared to interfere on the matter through superstition. These Buddhas are now said to be living in Adawa, and they have been pointed out to me. One is a clever smith, and he makes good bridle bits and knives, and has done many jobs for me. I have frequently asked him if such a report be true, to which he has answered, It is true they say so, and they are not in the wrong for believing it. When he said this, he laughed heartily. I honestly have so much more to tell you about spotted hyenas, but like the days, our time is growing short. How do you sum up an animal that is one of the top predators in the world, but is associated with cowardice? and eats corpses, but is also associated with sexual deviance and the sun? Well, maybe just this once. I won't. Maybe spotted hyenas are too complex an animal to fit into a neat little box. So, maybe I'll just leave you with this final fact. After the release of The Lion King in 1994, hyena biologists were so upset about the spotted hyena's portrayal in the movie as ugly and cowardly and comically stupid, that one hyena researcher actually sued Disney Studios for defamation of character. That's all this week for the cat dog that's got it all. If you want to learn more about spotted hyenas, and believe me, there's a lot more, check out the show notes. Intro and outro music, as well as musical score, 
are done by the only man that could go toe-to-toe with a spotted hyena and live to tell the tale, Scott Ethington. Hunt down more of his work at Bazooka Raccoon on SoundCloud.com. Finally, if you like what you heard, please, please, please rate and review us on iTunes or consider donating to our Patreon. Every little bit helps, and more support means I'm more motivated to do the best job I can to bring you more monsters. Thank you for listening, and remember, anyone can be a monster. <laughs>